0: oh
1: hello all right i'm gonna make you a little louder give me one sec here all right i'm good when all you right. are
0: i'm good let's do it
1: all right good evening and welcome everyone to this week's edition of the flex fox fantasy podcast i am your host as always except when i'm not uh garth newton coming to you live from uh beautiful new hamburg here in my attic but with me this week is jeremiah the team pegger johnson how's it going jeremiah
0: the team pegger the team pegger yeah sure i mean
1: all i did uh was innocently look up a uh a synonym for the word ranking Uh, and pegging came up, and I figured a man with a last name of Johnson uh, should probably be called a pegger every now and again.
0: I mean, that phrase is dangerously close to pegger, and I don't know how associated I want to be with that.
1: Okay. All right. Well, I mean, some lines need to be walked finely. I think is the answer.
0: (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) That's fair.
1: (laughs) So uh great job last week. I know you caught a little bit of flack on uh on the slacks today and all good fun, but uh sincerely great job and thank you for uh stepping up in my uh, my absence. Uh for those that uh, that didn't catch the news, my my area was in a tornado warning. Now we weren't in any actual danger to be clear. Um but as we do in our house when stuff like that happens to help teach the girls how to do things properly we necessarily went down to the basement um cool good work what it meant was my kids didn't get to sleep until almost 10 uh which was just too damn late to do a podcast after that so uh thank you once again sir for filling in and running it solo be honest how did that go for you
0: uh i didn't do any prep i just kind of was like i'm going to record something cuz i never intended for it to be released cuz I set up something with Aiden, uh, and so I was hoping this was just a backup, because I didn't want to have another week without the podcast, where he had that. Right. So I didn't do any prep, and I just kind of went off the cuff uh, about people's matchups. So I think everyone is happy that you're back, myself included. So,
1: Well, I mean, I, I it's not that I do an incredible amount of prep, but there is more than none, as, as you know, and honestly, yes. it's just to keep things flowing. But honestly, it... I don't know. I felt like your episode flowed fine.
0: That's shocking. I don't know. When you're doing it, it doesn't feel close like at all because you're just <laughs> spitting thoughts. So that's good to hear.
1: Yeah. No, you did great, and uh, once again, I appreciate it as does everybody else, even if they're uh, too weak to admit it. Now, some of those takes in there, granted, eh, perhaps a little unfiltered. Uh, Jeremiah, on some of them, but uh, that's that's okay. where the entertainment value comes in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You got to have some. Uh... Some Stephen A. Otherwise, no one will turn in, tune in there, I guess. And uh, yeah. I'm surprised you just hang your daughters out the window in the tornado warning to teach them what tornadoes were really like.
1: Oh, I mean, it's, it's more about, you know, when I'm old, I want them to usher me down to the basement as well, you see.
0: Yeah, they'll usher you down to a basement, but it might be the six-speed under kind.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I'm oh. in a very old house. It wouldn't even be close to the first person to die in this house. It's <laughs> that... <laughs> approaching double digits, knowing the history as I do.
0: Oh, that's morbid. Why so many people? I don't know. That's a lot.
1: I mean, it's an extremely old house. <laughs> okay.
0: All right. Fair enough.
1: <laughs> yeah. After 140 years, eh, it oh, turns me. out people just die, Jeremiah.
0: Wow. 140 years. That's cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, New Hamburg is beautiful. You are, You would you love it here. Day? It's nice and quiet.
0: Are you gonna do like a cribs video for the league?
1: I mean, I suppose I could. I could show off my my beautiful attic up here with its yeah. computer stations and whatnot. Yeah. My hyper clean desk with uh, minimal cord viewage. Yeah, I could probably do something.
0: I would watch it. All right. Well
1: there you go. It. Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll have some league content from yours truly. Uh, I after all, I've got to catch up to the league content that's still coming out from you. And as we're about to jump into this week 11 review, Jeremiah,'ve uh, I've taken some liberties uh, with the uh, with the rundown and in honor of your article, uh, not this past week, I, I guess it was a uh, uh, two weeks ago officially, but in honor of the midseason power rankings, we're gonna go through 1 to 20 for the teams as far as you have them ranked as we review the Week 11 results. Thoughts?
0: That's exciting. That's fun. All right. Let's do that.
1: Well, let's jump in, and it turns out that we get to start right at the top of the shop with a very exciting matchup on paper, even if it didn't turn out that way in reality. But Jeremiah's number one-ranked Mad King was facing off against Jeremiah's number two-ranked fourth-quarter Jimmy Butler's. Uh, and Ryan absolutely raffle-stomped Tillo this week, 258.6 to 143.6. More than 100 points, Tillo not even breaking 150. How can you rank this man second if he can't break 150 in a meaningful <laughs> matchup?
0: Well, he had no problem breaking 150 when the rankings came out. So this is unfortunate. This is kind of like the Nuggets NBA final, right? Ryan being mm. the Nuggets. Jimmy Butler, obviously, being the heat <laughs> overmatched <it>. here. Yeah, <laughs> overmatched. He, I don't even know if he'd get the equivalent of one game with that kind of score, but hey, um, that's fine. Um, Ryan's team is just amazing. I think we all know this. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he made that recent trade a couple days ago for some relief pitching. This mm-hmm. might be, I think, the better question to ask, are, I think the best question to ask is Is this a best
1: – And I, is this I do the best think that's. That I've seen.
0: Um... Yeah, yeah.
1: It's, it's possible, although, like, as I think back, there were certainly some, some other teams that have been terrifyingly good in their own <laughs> Um Like, I, I recall Chow having some scary teams in the past. Um, I was always terrified of, like, some of Flex and Kaminsky's team early in, in my time in the league when, like, back when, when they, b- before some of the sell-offs had, yeah. uh, had happened, um, there were pr- some pretty scary teams back then as well but yeah I mean right now in and 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 perhaps this is the takeaway as well is 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 that Ryan seems to have one of those teams that would not look out of place five six seven years ago when we didn't have the parity we seem to have in the league right now like Ryan's got a team that's putting up like it's capable of putting up over 300 points on any given week and he can't say that about a lot of the teams now
0: yeah and I mean I think it's fair to say for me, anyway, Ryan is in a tier of his own, right? Like, there's yep. his tier and then everybody else. So, I think uh, it's a distant first, and I think that's kind of how this played out, right? Yeah. Um, still had a bad week. Let's be fair to him. He had a bad week, but his overall body of work through the first half of the season has been solid. Uh, I know he's in the top echelon of points points Or so mm-hmm. This is just kind of an awful week for him, uh, and you just can't have that with Ryan.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it does move him down to fourth overall in the, uh, in the real rankings uh, mm-hmm. as it stands right now. But you're absolutely right. From a, from a points point of view, he's still looking strong and is still uh, currently in the fifth spot overall.
0: Okay. Yeah, well, that's, that's about what I thought when I looked him up. And I still am very confident in his team. I don't know about you, but I still believe he is a top, a top three team, we'll say. Uh, going forward. I would expect him to be a heavyweight in the playoffs as well.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. And even ESPN agrees he's already sitting at more than 90% playoff chance. Uh, he's going to be in the top eight. It's a matter of seeding at that point. And as we've talked about in the past, seeding can be the difference maker. Now, was he expected to walk away with this? No, but I'm pretty sure even Tillo would admit that he would would have liked a better showing this week
0: yeah I would have expected maybe like a two fifty six two forty five kind of matchup something like that. so but he's about a hundred points short of where I would have had him pegged coming into this
1: yeah, give or take, give or take <laughs> give or take give or take and yeah again ryan Ryan did what he's supposed to do, so he's got uh he got those back to back losses uh out of the way, which seems to be his <laughs> uh his annual go to at this point. so uh you know. We'll see if uh, some of these recent changes will also put him on the on the path to what he wants to have being that ultimate title glory.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I've told him this on Slack, so I have no problem saying it here, but if he doesn't win a title, his season is a massive disappointment, yeah. and I think he's aware of that.
1: Yeah, you've said that before, yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, fair enough. Well, again, as we go through your, uh, your list here, the number three ranked team is is actually uh, the director of the BPA, And they were facing off against the Husan Alliance, who you have ranked at number 13. However, despite that ranking, number 13, Housan H- Alliance, excuse me, choking over my own words here, uh, <laughs> takes down Aiden 277.3 to 236.5. Um, not a terrible showing by Aiden, but this is a huge point total by Jamil. What are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the trend I'm getting here is that my rankings are off already two weeks later after ah. the fact. Uh, <laughs> not great, but uh, you know what? I still, the reason I still have faith in Aiden here, two, two things I draw from this. One, Aiden's best performers uh, have not been the players who have been getting it done for him so far this season. So his pitching has been outstanding, mm-hmm. um, and that has not been the case <clears throat> in this matchup. So Austin Hayes, Mike Trout, and Joe Musgrove, who up until this point has been his worst pitcher um so some of his other pitchers have taken a step backwards um and on Jamil's side of things I mean this is probably as good as Jamil's is going to run I don't think Lamont Wade is somebody you're going to be counting on week in week out I mean I could be wrong in that but I don't think so um you know Zach Wheeler and Kyle Schwarber that's a little bit more than norm but this has got to be one of his highest point totals of the season so I would not Mm -hmm. expect this to be a continuation and I think with our league especially you see a lot of variance in the extreme outcomes. You'll see a lot of teams like Tillo, for example, doing really poorly, Jamil doing really well, but you won't see that week over week over week. And so I try to make those rankings based on the body of work as a whole, and not just one week. So, uh, these kind of things can happen.
1: Yeah, fair enough. And, and from a point total overall this, this year, actually Aiden is the second best Mm -hmm. point total in the league, whereas Jamil is down at about, I want to say 14 or 15 overall. Um, Still, this is, a, this is a big showing by, by Jamil in particular. And obviously, I think Aiden's going to hit the, the playoffs. And again, much like Taylor, it's going to come down to seeding, and that's fine. Um, but this is a scary showing by Jamil, who has edged his way into the Europa competition uh, with this win. And in doing so, might be a scary competitor if he can put up a point total like this, even one time in the playoffs, if it
0: gets timed properly. But I think with, like, the playoffs, right, so, yeah, this can happen. And he would be scary if he put up this point total because he'd probably win that matchup. But is he going to do that three times in a row? I would say probably not. Um, So I don't think he's really a threat to go far. I just think he's a threat to maybe win a week. And I guess that still matters. I think any team, for the most part, unless you're in the vase, is capable of that, that performance. So I don't know if that's unique to him. Um and for Aiden, I think like if this is his floor, that's a pretty damn good floor to have, right? 236 mm-hmm. points. I mean that's that's pretty good. And again, I'm I'm gonna take the, the points, you know, as a holistic body of work, probably in the playoffs, over mm-hmm. one hot or cold week either way.
1: Yeah, fair enough. So at at the end of this matchup, we've now got Aiden sitting comfortably at seven and four in fifth. Jamil fall oops, sorry, climbs, I should say, to four and seven in fifteenth. So they're still they're still pretty far apart, but uh, you know, good showing by Jamil this week, and this might be one that Aiden wishes he gets back.
0: Yeah, I think so. And I think I mentioned this last week, but Aiden needs to address his bat situation. Um mm. like like his pitching is fine and his bats, he has good ones, but he definitely has some holes specifically at second base he needs to look at. So we will see.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, if he's listening, uh, you know, we'll have to see if there are any uh, any more opportunities for trades out there. Uh, Jeremiah has in the past and probably, again, uh, offered to broker any deal with anyone at any time uh, just because he really likes trading.
0: Well, I've heard Max Muncy's available. I think he plays second base, so it might he be something does. he wants to uh, check out.
1: It's true. It's true. Give Jeremiah and or me a ring and we'll, uh, we'll see if <laughs> Max Muncy can't get moved but speaking of me uh i am the fourth ranked team in your rankings and i was facing off against the number seven ranked team uh garth McKinnis with the stubby clap clappers uh and i stubby clap clapped him uh 255.4 to 193.4 this week um incredibly and and i'm not sure if you're aware but this is my highest point total of the season excepting <laughs> of course week one thoughts
0: okay um so i'm actually really high on your team so you were the highest rising team i believe in the entire rankings i think you went up about
1: seven points yep um
0: yeah. so, so you, you were one of the teams, teams, the biggest variance teams i had and that was because you've for... shown that you can score in the mid 200s very consistently sure 255 is your high point but there's many weeks of 230 and 240 um and so Again, I think that's that's really valuable, right? Because teams, even the best ones, are going to have shitty weeks. And if you catch one on a shitty week just once, you can get a matchup and go further in the playoffs. And then who knows? It's anybody's game, right? So mm-hmm. um, I, think, I think the most interesting thing with your team is how you're getting it done, right? So it's different co- contributors every week. Like, I never see the same two or three names here all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's guys that you're like, man, I didn't think they were very good or – what have you, uh, seems like you're a big investor in Diamondbacks players. And that has worked out splendidly for you this year. <laughs> so,
1: Yes, that, that has been fine, it turns out.
0: Um, on the Clapper side of things, um, he is coming back down, but he's not quite where he, where, where he needs to be to hit 500. I still got lots of time to figure that out. But mm-hmm. uh, he is trending back in the direction that I would imagine he is. And I think I dropped him in the rankings a little bit. Um, because I'm just not confident what you know, Garth McInnes is putting out there. I just don't see it as being sustainable over the course of the season.
1: Actually from your rankings, uh, he, he, he climbed two spots in your, eh,
0: okay. I don't have them pulled up in front of me. I mean, yeah, so. yeah, that's fair. That's
1: right. fair. Um, yeah, I, one thing I wanted to say about uh, about McKinnis, and, and I know I sent you messages about this, but mm-hmm. this this point total, the 193.4 looks very, very different if JT Real Muto didn't have a 43-point week this
0: week. Yeah, I mean, you were, complaining, you were complaining about that on Slack, but but it's funny because <laughs> after you complained, he didn't get many more points, so clearly no, the, the, the recipe for success here is to just bitch at me about your high-scoring opponents, and you'll solve your problems, so I uh, can't wait for that flood of DMs, but uh, on the side of things, I mean, Spencer Torkelson had a good week as well, which is something you'd want to see, right? Cause he hasn't been very good uh, for the majority of his career and Blake Snell turning around and yet still not enough to have a competitive performance. So to me, like if Garth McInnes is going to sneak in here, it's going to be a seven or eight seed squeaker yep. and less, I think a one, two, three, four seed. Cause at the beginning of the year, he was like, I think it was five and oh, wasn't he Or five and one. Like, we were yep. singing his praises. And I remember you saying, well, he can't, you can't fall out. He's banked so many points. I mean, I disagree. <laughs> I think he could be anywhere from seven <laughs> to 10 and uh, it wouldn't shock me. So.
1: All right. Fair enough. Well then let's go ahead and, and advance to the next, uh, the next episode. Goodness me. Here I am uh spouting nineties lyrics at this point. Let's talk about the next matchup uh, where we have your uh, number five, ranked team in RKR uh, facing off against your number 17 ranked team uh, in Ash with the Moneyballers. And we see that the Bash brothers more than handled the Moneyballers at a 237.1 to 186.2. This puts RKR firmly in sixth spot at seven and four. Moneyballers fall to 18th overall at three, eight and oh. Uh, Ash still is getting big time performances from players you expect and nothing else.
0: Yeah, and he does nothing about it. So, I mean, it's the same song and dance every week with him, right? His his point totals will be basically buoyed by the star players he has, and the holes he has remain the holes he has. So he doesn't do anything to fix them. I don't even think he makes many at drops. So he doesn't even get seven starts half the time. Ash is a lost cause. Uh, on the RKR side of things, I mean, his team is really solid. Like, if you actually look at it, I think most positions he has filled, you're like, that's a pretty solid contributing player. Um, Christopher Morales turned it around after being pretty terrible. Ryan will love this Taylor has been awesome for RKR <laughs> and the Bash Brothers. Uh, basically, he just needed to get the fuck out of Ryan's team. And then he was good. And RKR has a lot of injuries. Like, his team, if he can get those guys healthy back on the roster, and I'm talking, like, Nick Lodolo, uh, Tristan McKenzie, and Grayson Rodriguez in particular – because um, O'Neill Cruz is still out. Let's not forget that. His team is probably top five.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to argue. And I mean, at this point of the season, a 7-4 record is legit, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's absolutely something that you need to take a look at. And even from the, the, the standpoint of overall points, he's the third scoring team overall this year, uh, trailing only Aiden and Ryan as it stands. So following most any measure that you want, he is doing what he's supposed to be doing. Although, and, and a bit of a spoiler for, for the, uh, the week 12 matchup, because RKR is my opponent. Uh, mm-hmm. I did a little bit of digging, some uh, journalistic <laughs> investigation, if you will, Jeremiah. And did you know that right now, this season, mm-hmm. RKR is three and zero against teams from the former redacted division. Okay. And four and four against the rest of the league.
0: I did not know that. Uh, <laughs> clearly gets up for those redacted matchups. I uh, clearly still believes in divisions, which is very RKR. So that's good. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm sure of some planning. So he probably has planned this. up.
1: Yeah. I mean, it doesn't make me feel good about my matchup against him this week no. as I am a no. former redacted member myself, but uh but it is always nice to see that my uh, my division can still show out when it needs to, because let's be honest, Kaminsky is not that individual. But uh, good showing by RKR this week. Uh, I was happy to see uh, Taylor Ward also do something useful. Rutschman is still a scary, scary person, um, both physically intimidating, but also just uh, at the plate in general. A switch hitting catcher with power, is that's a unicorn. Um, and yep. yeah as ash is concerned maybe next year big guy
0: yeah, probably not gonna so go ahead and, <laughs> and pour fu- cold water on that but probably not <laughs>
1: All right. Well, also in the ranks of probably not, I'm going to jump to one of my other redacted uh, fellow or former fellows, I suppose, uh, because they were in the next matchup, which shows your number six raccoons facing off against the number 19 Illuminati uh, with Mike Kaminsky. Uh, And the raccoons had no issue dealing with the mysteries of the Illuminati this week, putting up a 237.7 to a 149.9 of uh, victory. They're now eight and three sitting solidly in third Mike down two and nine in DFL dead fucking last and hard to see how that couldn't happen. Right.
0: Yeah. I, I still, I still chew on that trade Mike and I made a bit because Mike basically emptied the cupboard there for those players Mm-hmm. Um, and some of those players namely Henry Davis are coming to the majors and, and those fruit are starting to bear or those trees are starting to bear fruit right so um, what would that have looked like on Mike's team I don't know but it might have taken out of the DFL spot because um, he does have some guys he does have some players but uh, I just don't see long term where he goes besides kind of sideways um, but we will see you know, maybe I'm not the smartest person. That's okay, but <laughs> I am. I am confident in what the raccoons are, and I think that is a solidly mid-tier playoff team. Uh, okay, you know, I I feel pretty confident in that. In that, they're probably somewhere between four and seven when it all shakes out.
1: Yeah, that, that seems that seems reasonable. And eight and three is is certainly within that realm. One of the things that strikes me about the raccoons is that they seem to have a collection of players that you and I pan on the regular, right? For me, obviously, it's Marcus Stroman, who, you know,
0: mm. is
1: still yeah. an idiot. That that's not gonna change. <laughs> um, but also uh, we've got Alex Verdugo, who's currently sitting at the top of his week scores last week, who you routinely pan, um, but still a twenty-six point six. Point performance from Verdugo last week. Does that change your opinion at all?
0: No. I mean, Alex Verdugo looks like a hillbilly that fucks his sister. So I don't personally have any affinity for Alex Verdugo. Uh, I think when you're busy out there, like making comments about other teams' players, it's just like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you're not even good. Shouldn't you be focusing on your baseball skills? So I I don't know. Not a fan, but he does have lots of good players. I mean, Tommy Edmund was a good pickup. Bobby Wood Jr. is starting to come around. Um, it's hilarious. Like the the pitching staff they cobbled together is actually just like a mishmash of like veterans and like guys having good seasons. Severino, Kershaw, um, I'm trying to think of who else is on the roster here. But you know, like it's working for them. So who are we to, to like kind of dis- dispute it? But I do wonder, in return, like if we're talking over the course of many years, how sustainable that will be.
1: Which is fair. Uh, It's also worth pointing out that Verdugo is a fairly short gentleman uh, at a mere six feet tall, uh, which puts him solidly in the Stroman camp of, you're short, stupid.
0: That's fair. I mean, I don't don't know how tall you are. I don't think I've ever asked you that question.
1: Um, Oh, I am a a solid 5'11", but I'm also not a (laughs) professional anything. So, uh, you know, no one's asking me to be, you know, To be like, like Yandy Diaz or anything like that, right?
0: No, that's fair. Uh, I'm just a six-two, so
1: six as well, or six foot two.
0: Six foot two, sorry, just a shade under that. Yeah. So fuck. So fuck Alex Verdugo and his shortness.
1: Yeah, exactly. I'm probably taller than Verdugo when I lie on my side, so that that's probably meaningful in some manner or form. Verdugo's specimen
0: and. Like you and Verdugo, are probably very similar, right? Like Ooh. kind of like the, the dad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's how oh, yeah. I do But you know, that's what yeah. Alex Verdugo looks like.
1: Well, there you go. Uh, we're basically the same person, except he's being paid millions of dollars, and I am making fun of him for free.
0: Uh, yeah, and he all I think number ninety nine like a fucking idiot. So.
1: That's pretty lame. Yeah. I wear three. It is. I'm number three. That's what I do. That's fine. All right.
0: I, you know, yeah, you know, it's fine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, well, let's let's move on to the next matchup because this is starting to get a little bit weird. And our next matchup features your number eight ranked Graham with the Big Beefy Baseball Boys going up against your number 15 ranked Ben with the Star Boys. And for this matchup, at least your ranking held true as Graham kind of handled the Star Boys at 196.8 to 169.7. Uh, this puts Graham at 6-5 and five with yet another sub-200-point performance, while Ben slides even further into a hole that neither of us expected at 4-7, 14th overall.
0: It's a really tough team to rank um, because the record is good, right? Put the record on its face to go. That's pretty solid. Um, but the point total is really lacking. The Rams team has kind of regressed back to what it probably should be, uh, and I, just, I, I can't really tell you one word. Yeah. Um, and, on, and on Ben's side, right? He's having a maintenance here, which I think mm-hmm. is just code for <clears throat> I'm not going to try to to save the season here, um, right. and that's pr- that's probably fine. Um, but it depends on what is your version of save the season is like. Be a competitive Europa team, playoff team? Yeah, probably not. Um, the injuries are too big. He's not deep enough. I think we've we established significant injuries. I'm not sure many teams do, but he definitely not.
1: Yeah, which which I mean is fair. And I mean on on Graham's side of the equation, as you're as you're sort of pointing out, like is he a playoff team or not? Well, at six and five. He's right on the edge. He's currently eighth overall. He's also the eighth top or the uh, the eighth best point scoring team uh, overall as well. So in a very real way, this is shaping up to be sort of where the bubble is, right? Like if you're a game or two over five hundred at the end of the season, you're a top ten point scoring team, but not a top five point scoring team. You're probably in that seven, eight, nine, ten area. You're either sneaking into the playoffs. Or you're about to release your fury on on Europa in kind. Um, I do worry about Ben though, and the Starboys in general, because I, this is a slide that I'm not expecting. And as you as you mentioned, you know, if it's a maintenance le- or a maintenance season, that's fine. But you're now 14th overall. That's half of Europa. You're going to have a maintenance season, you kind of want to still be competitive in Europa because that's going to give you the best opportunity to replenish the coffers and, you know, reload the gun and go again for the, for the next season. But as you start sliding down 14, 15, 16, that starts hitting the vase, and the prizes are not nearly as nice in the vase. If you're a one-off building team.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, Graham's giving me like a coronary here cause he just like, can't figure out whether he's a playoff team or not. And if he could just like start losing some matchups and finish like, you know, 10th and then crush Europa, I would be all for that. Um, Cause for some reason I picked like a bunch of teams, first round picks and all of them are somehow good this year. So, <laughs> or, or in Mike's case, complete dog shit. So um, the picks right. will not be great. Um, but Graham is my best shot at a good pick. So if he could start losing some matchups, that would be excellent.
1: Okay. Well, how about we move on to a team that is currently situated right below uh, Graham overall in both the real rankings as well as your own? Which we have the number nine Squirtle Squad, who this week faced off against your ranked number 18 Penis uh, <laughs> with uh, Jeffrey Lim. Uh, and Squirtle Squad had no problem handling their penis this week uh, 259.3 to 210.3. Uh, so, pretty easy victory this. Gives the squirtle squad their own six and five record while penis slides deep into seventeenth spot at four seven and oh. a two fifty nine point three point total is a big week for the squad. Are things turning around?
0: I think so. like i I don't know about you, but I have way more confidence in the squad getting into the playoffs than I do Graham. and they have identical cool. records. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm much more confident in the squad's managerial skills. I just feel like they're gonna do something even if they just stay where they are, they're going to do something to try to get in the playoffs. They're not going to sit in ninth or 10th place. That's just mm-hmm. not how they operate. Um, and so some of their players have been coming around. I mean, apparently Lance Lynn is not dead. Uh, ditto Christian Yelich, which is awesome. I think that, you know, they get Brandon back. Bryce Harper can play a, a fielding position. Um, they're going to be on the lookout for pitching at the trade deadline. And if they get some, I like their outlook. I think they're gonna be still a back half playoff team, but a dangerous one.
1: Yep, I agree with absolutely everything you said. The only thing I'm gonna add is that even a dead cat will bounce. So I'm not quite ready <laughs> to talk about how Lance Lynn is back.
0: That's fair. I didn't say he was back. I said he wasn't dead, which is very different than being back. Um but you know speaking of bouncing, um, you know, penises bounce once in a while too. And uh, I think this was about as high as his penis is going to bounce this year. So Um, that's unfortunate that he couldn't get the W, but I think he is firmly in the base discussion, despite his fake outs into earlier or late Europa position earlier in the season.
1: Yeah, I agree. But I'm going to advance to the next matchup, not because I'm done talking about this one, but because the point that I want to make actually calls into question this next matchup as well, uh, where we're specifically seeing your number 10-ranked uh, Jeffrey Chow facing off against your number 11th-ranked Ian the Statelmon Stars stads, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, and Chow won 216 to 211.1. This moves Chow to 6-5-0, 10th overall. And in doing so, if you actually look at the overall points totals, you've now got three, six, and five teams in Graham, Squirtle Squad, and Chow, and they are overall within 15 points of each other total.
0: Yeah. So I think, like, if we're just looking on paper, so I, I would break this down into what are the rosters on paper? And if I were to rank them, I'd go probably Squirtle Squad, Chow, Graham. Then you do the managerial skills to see who's going to probably be active, who's going to try to address their needs. Again, I would go Squirtle Squad, Chow, and then Graham. Um, But in terms of, like, who has, like, the potential for their players to just go bonkers, I mean, I would put probably the Squirtle Squad Actually, because mm-hmm. I just think, you know, Chow's got the high end talent covered off. He's got the Aaron Judge, he's got the Shane McClanahan, he's got the Aaron Nolan. And if Corbin Burns can ever figure out how to pitch, that is a lot of high end talent that could go bonkers. I think Graham's probably sitting in the middle. He's got some good guys, but I think the squad's actually at a talent deficit. So they're going to have to address that. Um, I just don't trust Graham to be active enough and make the moves because he's never been a wheeling and dealing kind of guy. Um, whereas the other two have never been afraid to make moves. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't a big point total for Chow, but it's still a win and it's still a step in the right direction. And I do think, you know, I'm, I'm going to pull back uh, Chris McInnes, into this and even, you know, of those, I still would take the squad and Chow to make the playoffs. of the,
1: Yeah, which is fair. And, and you're, you're touching on many of the points that I was going to make, um, except that for me, I've actually got uh, Chow and the squad flipped. I have, the, I have Chow ahead of the squad overall. And it's for much the same reason that you just pointed out. It's because they have those stars. We've seen Aaron Judge put up a 50-point week. We've seen McClanahan put up a 50-point week. Jose Ramirez can just go off as well at any point. And it just keeps going, right? Yeah. This is almost a perfect example of a stars and scrubs type roster except the scrubs aren't as bad as the typical scrub-type things are. And because of that, I see Chow being able to just put together some absolutely legendary weeks. To be fair, the kinds of point totals that could put Ryan uh, in some danger, which is what we had been forecasting all along despite Chow's slow start. But you were talking as well about which teams are going to go out and make the moves that are going to make them better. Chow's already started. Chow picked up the single best fantasy pitcher that we have in this league right now with Shane McClanahan. And he only had the one outing this week, and that was a solid 17 points. And barring injury, which is always a risk for McClanahan, this is kind of what you can expect. And once Chow, or sorry, once Judge comes back for Chow, that 216 that he put up this week is probably at least a 236, 240, which doesn't feel that bad. well yeah right like if judge has a good week it's yeah. 250 absolutely yeah. but you can typically count on judge for about 20 points just just out of the gate 2025 20, pretty pretty simple and that that puts him up at 240 if he puts up 240 he is now leading this bubbled group in overall <laughs> points um with that same six and five record so Uh, I agree with your assessment on sort of how the teams sort of look and shake out, but I think Chow's already started to make the moves and he's made those moves before the Squirtle squad is able to. And I think that's going to give him the leg up because he's going to have those moves in play for longer.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. And I think you're making a great case here. I mean, I think if you take a look at, at Chow's team, right? So let's go Judge, let's go McClanahan, let's go Ramirez. Um, and we'll throw Nola and Burns in as like supplementary pieces. I don't think as like a top five, any team in that range comes close in terms yeah. of their high end talent. Um, and so for that reason, I think if those guys ever put it together, even three or four of them, like we, I agree with you. like we're talking 250 points. And could you imagine if Chow sneaks in in seven or eight, plays Ryan around one, puts up 260 and bites Ryan. Like I could see it happening yep. 1000%. Uh, Ryan will tear his hair out, but I can 100% see it happening. (laughs) It it would only be poetic justice, but I could see it happening. Um, And for that reason, I think you're right. I think we need to be higher on Shaw, myself included than we actually are.
1: Yeah. So uh, just another example of why your rankings are wrong, I suppose. That's fair. (laughs) fair. Well, we might as well keep, uh, keep pushing through both the reviews and your rankings as we do them in lockstep here. Uh, We are now going to cover, having just finished the anti-penultimate, that, by the way, is third last. You weren't sure last week. I'm letting you know, anti-penultimate is third last. We are now at the penultimate matchup of the week, which showcases your number 14-ranked your team, uh, who (laughs) actually took out your number 12-ranked Chris uh, with Mummy's Good Boys. And to be clear, this was a bit of a, a slobber knocker. As you ended up winning 270.8 to 261.6. And I'll be honest, I kind of feel for Chris a little bit as he falls to six and five with a point total that most weeks is almost a guaranteed victory. You use this massive point total to climb to four, seven, and oh, and the 13th overall, putting you squarely into the dangerous Europa area. What are your thoughts on this matchup this week?
0: Man, it was tough. (laughs) I was looking at it on Sunday, and I was thinking, my thoughts are actually exactly what you just said, which is one of us is going to get screwed here in a matchup where we probably should have won if we were facing anybody else. So I I apologize to Chris on that side of things. Um, You know, I think a large part of it is the bats that I've been kind of cobbling together. Like, the bats are still solid. Like, Ozzie Albies is still amazing, despite what Mm. you think. He is actually very good. He gets lots of home runs. I think I heard the other day, he's on pace for like 40 home runs, 100 RBI. Like, I am for this. I am 100% on board with this. He doesn't steal a base. He probably won't hit more than 250. That's fine. The guy is a top three second baseman, as I hoped he would be. So that's working out well. Um, I hope I can stick in Europa, and I hope I can be really competitive. That's kind of the goal um i joke about the vase and how i want that and you know that's a good consolation price but the pick is just so garbage that i would like to be in europa even if it means i come like fourth or fifth because the pick is just so much better uh than when you come in the vase. so trending that direction
1: yeah, so my uh, my biggest challenge against any man who's going to hit 40 home runs is when his average exit velocity is in the 34th percentile and his max exit velocity is in the 66th percentile and his hard hit percentage is also in the 36th percentile. Bloody hell, you got to hit a ball hard to hit 40 home runs, even if we're playing in the with the rabbit ball again. Uh, As some people have have claimed, like none of his stat cast numbers say I am a power hitter, except if you will, his K percentage, I guess. But that chase rate is just terrible. The barrel rate is bad. It doesn't make sense. I do not understand how he's doing it, but congratulations on getting 42 points from him this week and getting that victory. Um, which I'll point out must have felt a little bit nicer because you got to beat Chris, which we all know you were looking forward to.
0: I can neither confirm nor deny that I was looking forward to it, but, um you know, Albies is one of those players I think that benefits from the being in place, right? Because he does pull the ball a lot. A right. lot of his uh, hits last year, although I agree with you, he does not hit the ball hard. If you hit the ball where no one is, it doesn't matter how hard you hit it. Um, for the most part. And so last year, those balls were gobbled up. This year, they're not. Um he's so getting more extra base hits. The power, I agree, is a bit confounding and probably not sustainable, but that doesn't mean he can't be solid. Um, and yeah, I mean, Chris, I, I would put Chris at the back end of the group we just discussed. So that was uh, Chow, the squad, Graham, and Garth McInnes. I would put him at the back of that group.
1: Yeah, and that's fair. And, and much of the much of the point totals and everything else sort of lean in that direction as well um, as, as a six and five team. But this is sort of that bubble, right? Like and this is the group that sort of middle tier where we're going to see two, maybe three people from it in the playoffs and two people who might actually have the same record uh, just missing. So this is this is the, this is the group of tiers, I think.
0: Yeah, and I think the people that miss, like, if you're ninth or 10th, like, come to Europa and win a Europa title. I wear my shirt all the time. It's excellent. <laughs> first first pick, never hurt anyone. Like, you are worse places to be in this league than, like, yeah. the high end of Europa winning a Europa title. I, I think, uh, you know, could you get a belt? That would be nice. Like, maybe a little. It would have made sense of the Intercontinental title, but clearly we have established that it's a league title belt. Right. So let's get something in here, like something sub suboptimal, like the women's championship or something uh, wow. to hold around for Europa. So something like that.
1: Wow. I'm pretty sure I just heard Jer- Jeremiah claim that women were suboptimal. I think that was the takeaway from that.
0: No, I, th- I think the takeaway from that <laughs> is that the women's title is suboptimal. Yeah.
1: Okay. All right. well, before I let you dig any deeper into a hole, (laughs) it'll take you way too long to get out of, and you have, you know, marital uh, elements at play in your own life these days. Um, We're going to go ahead and talk over the ultimate matchup, uh, which was also ultimately the closest matchup uh, of the week, where, quite frankly, this result may change before the week's out, and wouldn't that be (laughs) hilarious? But... The last group is your number 16th ranked Flex, who uh, was facing the 20th ranked, the man uh, with Nick. And Flex managed to eke out the slimmest of victories, 244.2 over Nick's 244.1. A tenth of a point is the difference between victory and defeat this week. Jeremiah, how would you deal with this?
0: well, i I guess if you change one thing, all the changes. But Michael Harris coming back together probably was a difference in this matchup. not just because he put up forty eight points, but because he's been absolutely atrocious for most of the season. So Flex has to be very happy with that. Um, I think for on the Flex side of things, I'm wondering, could Flex climb out of the vase for the first time in a long time? Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of what I'm wondering because if he gets into Europa, you know that could be really good for his rebuild if he can get himself a decent pick. So I'd like yeah. to see it because he's been in the vase for a couple of years now. And I'd like to see him kind of get closer to relevancy. And, and on Nick's side, does this really matter? I mean, you're bound anyway, pretty much no matter what. Your team is not great. Um, you know, it sucks by a tenth of a point, but whether you're three and three and eight or two and nine, I don't think it makes much difference.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Uh, and just to, to pile on a little bit with your, your comment on Flex, if Flex does get his way into Europa and he, he wins Europa based on how the actual uh, points work with respect to the draft, uh, yeah. he's going to be he's going to have a massive uh, advantage to get that first pick because it does factor in how bad you've done over your previous three years in addition to how you've placed uh, in, in the current year, which is why I always get screwed. You know, I've i I have the absolute best overall finish over the last three years, and if I'm in the playoffs again, I am getting the DFL odds uh, on getting that. E- e- even getting what what pick would that be? I guess the ninth overall. Okay, yeah. But yeah, no, I I just expect the fifteenth pick at that point in a very real way. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's hard to watch uh, two typically long-standing members of the league face off in a close and heated battle when even three or four years ago, this could easily be the number one versus the number two. Uh, We we've seen that happen before. And so it's, it's always bittersweet to see this, uh, see an old rivalry flare up again. It's like watching Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan fight when they were in their sixties. Right. It's like, well, okay, good guys. Yay. Nostalgia, but there's nothing else there.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I I do think like it's interesting, right? Like That's probably why I lost the number one pick in Europa last year was because I wasn't shitty enough the year before. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can attest to how much that sucks. And I think the odds don't always make a ton of sense in terms of the lottery. I think they need to be weighted differently, but that's a topic for another day.
1: Yeah, and, and maybe, maybe the topic of an article. But we'll get to the article in just a second because, Jeremiah, it's time to – tally up the results of all of this because while we have reviewed this week 11 uh going into it we made our picks and you once again ended up coming out on top you got eight of the 10 picks uh right this week which is incredible by the way i thought i did good seven (laughs) out of ten it's just a b i'm not getting a's like you are my friend and in doing so i am now nine picks back uh, you are up seventy-one to sixty-two overall. Uh, I have started actually writing verses uh, for my uh, my upcoming rap presentation. Um, yeah, it's not it's not looking good on this side of the equation, my friend.
0: So, when you write your rap verses, do you just like cry on the paper and then have to like rewrite them, or?
1: Well, actually, the key is is to actually. Um, Use the tears as the ink. Uh, you see, so <laughs> okay. if you cry in the paper, you you know you just sort of drag the tears to where they need to go. Yeah.
0: Mm. Okay. Well, uh, you know what? We're only halfway through, so if you got nine down, halfway, you can make nine up.
1: I mean, I like your optimism, but it's easy to be optimistic when you're winning by the amount yeah. you are.
0: Yeah, uh, that's fair. But I wasn't winning. For, like, the first quarter of the season, you were up, a few, I think, four or five picks. So, uh, I think when I was, you started shooting the bed and I caught up. So, it can go both ways, I would say.
1: All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, 71 to 62 is the overall value at this point. Um, let's go ahead and jump into sort of the article review, which. You know, we've kind of been doing throughout. We, we've got a good feel for how your rankings actually played out with respect to the teams themselves, uh, which is why I set it up like that. But in here you also talk about uh, your feeling on the farm systems. And there were a couple of bigger changes. Was this strictly due to some of the trades that have happened uh, in the meantime, or were there other factors at play?
0: No, it was pretty much the trades that happened in the meantime. Um, at the top, I think I switched around myself and and it might have been Flex, just because I, I think our farms are very, very close. And I think in any particular week, if you took a snapshot, you could switch them around. So Flex gets a turn to be number one. But a lot of them reflect the trades that have been made. Teams moving out really high on prospects, especially in Ryan's case, for example, and teams getting higher on prospects um, into their farm systems. So I think that's that's the majority of the ranking shift. Because the minors rank more slowly, right? I probably should only rank them once or twice a year, but... Mm-hmm. Yes, so. I mean,
1: there's an argument that says based sheerly on the number of call-ups we're seeing this year, which I think is actually set to set a record uh, for pre-September call-ups, which is interesting to me, um, you might actually have to be ranking them as frequently as you are because (laughs) some of these call-ups themselves may no longer be in the farm system in kind.
0: Yeah, so I think the other part of the... Processes. If if your prospect's called up, you're you're kind of on a ticking time bomb here in terms of how much value they have for you, right? So if they're yeah. already in the majors and in a lot of cases they're going to stay, I mean you're going to have to. So that, that's their value. to the farm system. Um, and I guess the other question is, when do you expect up right? Like you, no matter how good they are, do you call them up right away, like you do? Do you wait a while? Do you get the 150? 30 innings pitched or whatever, and then call them a bit different. I would be curious what the proper approach is, but everybody takes it.
1: Yeah. And I think that that's one of the strengths of the league is the idea that there is no one set way to do it. Um, As you pointed out, I tend to call mine up almost as soon as the team shows that they are willing to keep them. If there's any relative space for them on my roster, come on up. You're in the bigs now, kid, you know, come, uh, come score those points for me. Um, but that's also risky, right? And, and that's where the, the gamble sort of comes in because, uh, and I'll use Anthony Volpe as an example right now. Um, he's been called up on my team literally from the start of the season and he's not looking so hot right now. If he gets sent down, that is a big punishing blow to my roster, not because I'm losing Volpe per, per se, but because I'm put in a very awkward position of do I move him or do I bench him? And he just becomes a dead spot on a roster that right now I am working like a finely tuned engine to get points out of everybody, every spot, every night that I can. Um, and what's his value, right? Like, it, are you going to get the same level of trade value if your called up prospect is shitting the bed in the majors and gets sent back down? It's hard yeah. to say.
0: So, I mean, I'll counter with Josh Young as an example of like when it goes right, it goes really right yeah. for you um because he's been you've been getting the full scope of that production for the entire year and that's obviously fantastic for you um i would argue though like when i think about it like if you call up volpe like you did right so volpe sitting in the minors he probably has a little bit more value because like he's in the minors and he's not holding down a dead roster spot but volpe's clearly going to break the 150 plate appearance barrier so at the end mm-hmm. of the year you still got to call him up regardless of what his performance is if you want to keep him so if he shit. I'll go to call him up and basically play a dead roster spot for keepers whether he's good or not um so you're just kind of delaying the penalty or the punishment i suppose and so that has a little bit of value but i don't think it has like massive one way or the other which is to say if he's on your roster, it doesn't really matter if he's performing shit. if he's performing really well i would argue too right so if you're trading him to somebody who's rebuilding them getting to add a keeper has value and if you're trading him to someone who is contending well, that flexibility is super nice. So I think all around, it's it's pretty similar. It's just better if they're performing.
1: Yeah, it'll always be better if your guys are performing well. That's you're absolutely right, Jeremiah. We should get that on a t-shirt. We <laughs> can wear that one too. You'll be up to two t-shirts in your closet.
0: Yes, and clearly some pearl wisdom here. But like, you know, I have some other guys, I'll, I'll use my own farm as an example. Like Ellie De La Cruz but clearly, mm-hmm. he's probably not going anywhere. Um, so, is the point to keeping him down? Henry Davis, a little I mean, iffy call, but guys like that, being yeah. young as well, they're not going anywhere. They're not. The Yankees are not sending down Anthony Volpe. I hate to, yeah, he's going to shit the bed of the majors until he figures it out.
1: And to be clear, I'm good with that because that is even if he's putting up, you know, 10 points a week, that is strictly better than a dead roster spot.
0: Replacement level. 10 points a week That is going to put up 10 points a week for the rest of his career. At least Wolpe has the upside of maybe being on a weekly basis.
1: Yeah. And who knows? Uh, My team could certainly use some stars. I can't just get nine week winning streaks on just the backs of, you know, the everyday man, as it were. Yeah. By the way, I've got a nine week winning streak. Uh, It looks super hot in the uh, in the streak column, when the next best streak is a three week loss,
0: right? Nice. Uh, so somebody stop yeah. us man. Uncontrollable.
1: <laughs> well, we'll we'll get into who's going to stop me when we uh, when we do the week twelve preview. But there were a couple of smaller trades that happened this week, Jeremiah, and I was hoping to get uh, a couple of words from you on each of them. Uh, sure. The first of those was uh, super small. RKR gets Matthew Boyd for a pick. Uh, from Lim, is there anything worth talking about here?
0: Uh, I kind of looked at this and thought, what's the point? Like, if you're going to make a move for a pitcher, try to make it somebody impactful. I'm not sure Matthew Boyd's going to have the desired impact. If I'm RKR, other than filling a roster spot,
1: starting pitcher depth is not something that is easily found on the waiver wire. Uh, there was actually a conversation in Slack about that today. That streaming options are far and few between now whether you rank Matthew Boyd as somebody who should be a streaming option or somebody who is a little bit better than just a streaming option is a fair discussion to have. But when you consider this is now a starting pitcher on his team and it cost him effectively nothing. I think it was a, a fifth round uh, pick overall. Like that's that's nothing um, for depth. And for a team in RKR's position, even if this ends up being an eight or nine point, game guy. Maybe that's the difference in, uh, in some of these tighter matchups going forward.
0: Well, it depends that our, I have built basically a pitching 100% of pitchers i picked up. So Bryce Miller, Andrew Abbott, Emma Sheehan, Bryce, all those guys are picked up off the wire. Mm-hmm. They've all been all right. And they're all better in my mind than Matthew Boyd. So I think it depends how much work you're going to put in. You don't want that's to look hard. on the wire and scour the wire. Fine. Up Matthew Boyd, but I wouldn't say there's nothing out there. You just have to pick it up.
1: All right. Well, that's a nice quick trade to get through. The next one's a little beefier, although we're really just talking about bullpen arms here, but uh, Ryan and the Mad King gets uh, Abreu and Swanson, and he gives up Rayleigh, Marinaccio, and Hiberto Jimenez uh, to limb for it. Um, obviously, Abreu and Swanson are better bullpen arms than really a Marinaccio, but is this worth the move in your opinion?
0: Well, um, Ryan likes to message me and tell me how great his bullpen is because I question his bullpen as like his area of weakness. Um, (laughs) So he likes to justify the move and say like, look how good these guys are. They're all top eight or whatever he told me in Slack. And that's fair. Um, But I would say like bullpen arms nowadays on the wire are a lot easier to come by because when you're doing saves plus holds, um a lot more guys are in play for for production because especially mm-hmm. guys that get holds that have high strikeout rates. Right. So um you know Swanson and you are good. I think it's worth making the move Ryan to Ryan. The cost anything. Uh I do wonder if you can't pick some that's eighty percent of that, but I think I understand it's it's a chance for bus. So why hold on to a to a prospect yeah. that that isn't gonna help you. So I get that. So I think it's a fine move. Um, but Swanson wasn't great tonight. Both terms are out. We'll probably switch these guys out by the trade deadline anyway. So we will see.
1: Okay, fair enough. I'm going to take a slightly different approach because both of these trades are from Lim, uh specifically. Is this Lim just selling off? And if that's the case, how big of a sell-off are we talking here?
0: Lim doesn't really sell off. Lim is the kind of person you go talk to with a player in mind and see if he's willing to make the move. So Lim's never going to be like, oh, I'm selling off my team. Do you want this guy? I, that's not really his personality. His personality, I think, is more, I want Matthew Boyd. Would you move Matthew Boyd? Eh, I guess. What will you want? And, you know, like you go that way. So I think mm-hmm. if you want stuff off Lim, you're going to have to go to him with a specific player in mind. I don't think he's going to have a wholesale sell off by any stretch.
1: All right. Well, he's still holding on to Alec Manoa, everyone. So uh, get your bids in now.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't waste my time. Uh, inside insider <laughs> info on this one. Um, he told me probably about a month ago this is the hill he will die on uh, in terms of <laughs> his fantasy general managership. And he will not be traded. anything. Uh, he's made I, that I- very clear.
1: I get it. Two years ago when Rowdy Telez was still with the Jays, he was my ride or die. Yeah. And uh, I cut him. He gets traded to the Brewers and he ends up finishing out the season just fine on Chow's team, which, you know, fuck me.
0: (laughs) Well, he's dog shit now. So who got the (laughs) last?
1: All right. Good stuff. Well, I think that uh, that ends our trade review um shall we jump in to our last segment here the week 12 preview
0: absolutely let's do it
1: all right fair enough as we are want to do i've taken the uh, liberty of identifying the matchups where we are aligned we are both on tillo we're both on the mad king squirtle squad garth mckinnis jeffrey chow and then in two interesting matchups First and foremost, we both think you're going to win, and then we both think I am going to win. Now, I myself waffled back and forth on my own matchup a lot because I am up against the 3-0 redacted opponent of the Bash Brothers, which, yeah, that's probably where I fall down and I don't get to see a W10 beside my name uh, after the week. But more interesting than that, Jeremiah, did you realize that this is the first time in our entire contest that we've been doing it that you and I have both picked precisely you and I to win. We've had 12 opportunities that's happened just this once.
0: That makes sense. I feel like we both bait ourselves, and that's probably why it happens. I, I have definitely picked you. I don't typically pick myself, so that's probably why that happens, and I imagine it's similar for you, so that makes sense.
1: Yeah, that, that's probably the case, but I still found it rather interesting because we've both been – you know, we have victories – it's not yeah. impossible to have picked them, but uh, yeah, just that.
0: Well, um, we both picked me, and I know we're going to get into that. And we both picked you, and some of those decisions look better than others. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, know.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if you want to put a fine point on it, uh, Francisco Lindor, who you've been openly mocking, is uh, <laughs> leading the way uh, for the man. Nick uh who has a 71 to 25.3 point advantage right now. Uh do you have any shot?
0: Uh yeah, probably not. Uh my team's kind of bad, so probably not. Okay. I, yeah. Nick's motivated after all the shit I talked against him. <laughs> so
1: clearly. Know. And my own matchup with RKR, uh, which is actually like a, a pretty big matchup when you consider sort of the, the standings. It's number two against the number six team. We're just in a, we're in a fist fight right out of the get-go. Uh, 59.7 for me to 56.4 for RKR. So this, this one's just going to be this. It's going to be a dogfight all week, I think.
0: Well, I own both of your low miners picks, and I would prefer, since your pick is obviously going to be very good, if you could bring home the, the win. So, as has been
1: previously pointed out, if I make the playoffs, you are just screwed.
0: I I pretty much expect your pick to be like really (laughs) shitty. So, I just hope that our pick can drop a bit.
1: (laughs) There it is. There it is. All right. Well, let's go ahead and talk about some of the matchups that we differ on. And the first of those is a battle of. You know, some interesting Europa teams right now, but we've got the twelfth placed Stadelmonstars stars facing off against the sixteenth placed Club Atletico to Flex. Uh, Stads against Flex. Uh, another former redacted vision division rivalry going on here. I'm on Flex, you're on Stads, and right now Flex is up thirty three point four to twenty point two. Are you gonna waffle on this one?
0: So I'm not waffling because I don't wanna I don't wanna do that. But I in my brain I wish I'd picked Flex, yes. Uh, Stats just doesn't have it, right? Like, he just doesn't have the guys. Vlad clearly is not Vlad this year. And Flex has got some guys, man. Michael Harris, Corbin Carroll, Logan Webb. I, I think he wins the matchup, frankly, but I'm not going to change. A man of my word.
1: Okay. All right. Well, then the next matchup we're going to talk about is, again, uh, a lot much lower where we've got the 15th placed Husan Alliance facing off against the 17th placed Penis uh, in a very tight matchup right now. 41.3 for Penis, 39.4 for Jamil in the Alliance. I'm on Jamil. You're on Lim. This feels like a coin flip.
0: Yeah, it felt like that to me, too. And uh, I I want Lim to win. He had a good point total last week. He deserved a win. I hope Mm -hmm. he can repeat because if he can, um, you know, he's got a fighter's chance. Uh, Jameel putting up 270 doesn't bode well, but I don't think he's going to do it again. So puncher's chance, then let's go.
1: Yeah, there it is. All right. And the last matchup we'll talk about this week shows the eighth-placed Big beefy baseball boys with Graham facing off against the 11th place. Mummy's good boys with Chris. This is two of those bubble teams that we talked at length about earlier in the show. Uh, I'm on Graham. You're on Chris. And right now your pick has a 22 point lead at 45.4 to 23.3 by Chris. Is this where Graham finally falls out of the bubble?
0: Yeah. So I know I rank Graham ahead of Chris out of the teams, but I think, on recent performance, like Chris had a great week last week. Graham did not. Even yeah. if Chris regresses and Graham steps up a bit, I still think Chris has got, got to have the edge going into this matchup. So um, I think Graham does lose this week. I still believe in that. and uh, You know, I mean, there's variance either way, but I just think Chris has been more consistent, which is crazy to say.
1: Yeah, and, and yet there it is. Uh, we can see it in, in living color. All right, well, that's all of our uh, week 12 picks as well. Any other comments or thoughts you want to, uh, any other wisdom you'd like to impart upon our listeners this
0: week? No, no. I mean, we, we've run 64 minutes, which is actually pretty good for us. So we deserve mm-hmm. a pat on the back.
1: <laughs> well, good. Yeah. Yeah. It felt like, you know, I took a week off huddled in my basement with my family and that really mm-hmm. rejuvenated me. It, yeah. Uh, it charged me up.
0: Yeah. You're on fire today. I don't know.
1: well it is hot out so i'll uh i'll definitely that's true yeah all right well then my friend thank you once again for uh spending this evening with me uh for jeremiah i'm garth newton and to everyone have a good night and good fantasy